0: Hey, hey, it is September 7th, 2021, and you are listening to Equity, TechCrunch's venture capital and startup-focused podcast, where we unpack the numbers behind the headlines. This is Natasha, and I hope you had a lovely long weekend, if you had one, and a wonderful start for those who celebrate to Rosh Hashanah. That said, there's a lot of work and news to catch up on because news doesn't wait for anyone, so let's jump right into it. To start, global stock markets are mixed. Asia markets are on the rise. Europe markets are slightly down and the U.S. stocks were somewhat flat. Value of cryptocurrencies kind of looks the same. We saw some tokens and cryptocurrencies off a few points this morning, but not enough to start an entire Twitter debate. The mixed feelings could be due to a lot of things. First, traders are back from vacation and analysts always have a ton of thoughts. Some people think it's inflation. Some said it's an upcoming European Central Bank meeting. But what I wanna focus on is a less than ideal job support. Ready? Let's go. I'll start with the good news. We learned that in August, overall unemployment declined to 5.2% from July's overall employment rate of 5.4%. It's 0.2%, but I will take it because that represents a lot of people that now have paychecks coming in to their mailbox. That's kind of where the good news stops, though. This report, we learned that the U.S. economy added only 235,000 jobs in August, which was a sharp drop from analyst expectations, but even looking at July's total, which was 943,000 jobs. To make matters worse, Fortune actually digged a little deeper and looked at the National Women's Law Center, They say that women only accounted for 11.9% of those jobs in August. Again, if we look at July, women were 68.8% of the new jobs. It's a reminder that we aren't back to pre-pandemic level employment and that women are disproportionately leaving and now re-entering the workforce at alarming rates. In case you're wondering, I did dig out the startup angle. To me, this latest jobs report is a reminder that we aren't entirely back to normal even if new funding rounds and fresh venture capital boosts are all around us. This jobs report gives us at least one sign that startups are being impacted by this new variant. If I had to guess, I would say startups, especially those in high-touch industries, are preparing new game plans in case a pullback is in the cards. Beyond that, expect return-to-office plans continue to get pushed back, and maybe the local VC beginning to remind their founders that it's important to conserve cash, not just spend it. As for the drop in women reentering the workforce, I will point to Maven, a recent startup turned unicorn that I covered in August, actually, the same month that these numbers are being pulled from. Maven is a startup that began in 2014 to offer support services to women through their employers, ranging from preconception to post-pregnancy to family care. These numbers show just how important and how well-aged that focus really has been. And this drop in percentage of women re-entering the workforce shows how much this area is a venture-backable area and the opportunity is massive when it comes to how employers can really support women in the workforce. Speaking of women in the workforce, I want to move us on to our next section, which gives us a look at what Instacart's new CEO, Fidji Simo, formerly worked at a little startup called Facebook, is on about. So I'd like to call this section Instacart meet Instagram. Simo announced through the Wall Street Journal that Instacart's ad business is getting a little bit of a rethinking. So per the Wall Street Journal, Instacart is no longer going to be only focusing on search result placement when it comes to advertising brands. It's a fancy way of saying essentially that right now most brands can up their placement within Instacart's search engine by giving them money. Instacart wants to go one step deeper and experiment with video, email marketing, and other graphics. Per the Journal, Instacart's ad business generated about $300 million in revenue last year and it's seeking to increase it to $1 billion by next year. To me, I mean, we know this works, right? D2C brands like House, OmSom, and Flyby Jing are fantastic at marketing directly to consumers and it lends itself really nicely to virality, TikTok friendly products, and just fresh, committed content. I don't know what it looks like if Instacart gets flooded with new manufacturers looking to get consumer interest. It's different than scaling an Omsom, for example, because it has one product and it isn't at risk of being too noisy to consumers. Instacart, meanwhile, has 55,000 brick and mortar stores across the more than 5,500 cities in the US and Canada. So while Instacart is disrupting its own advertisement business, it's going to have a lot of work to do One last note that I'll add is that I was checking out its website and it actually is introducing a new advertising initiative, committing up to 1 million to amplify black owned CPG brands within the Instacart marketplace, which I think is fantastic. All this to say, I think this is Instacart and Fiji's biggest move yet since she joined a few months ago. And I'm hoping it will help them prove that grocery delivery does have a chance at becoming a sustained and profitable keyword profitable business. Moving along, I have two startups to unpack with you. Let's go big and then we'll go small. First, Sequoia Heritage, Stripe, and a ton of others just poured money into the largest Series A to ever happen in Africa. And per our reporter, it's not even close. African fintech Wave announced today that it has raised 200 million at a 1.7 billion valuation. Put differently, Wave just became a unicorn after raising only two rounds. Getting into what Wave does, it doesn't surprise me to see an African fintech becoming a unicorn and raising the largest Series A. Fintech is one of the continent's most paid attention to and focused sectors. Tage reports that Wave is taking on telecom-led mobile money. Here's how he describes it. The Dakar-based platform is akin to PayPal, with mobile money accounts, not bank accounts, and runs an agent network that uses their cash on hand to service Wave users. According to the company, users can make free deposits and withdrawals and charge a 1% fee whenever they spend money. Wave's technology is also different because other telecom mobile money focuses on USSD while Wave is solely app-based. My takeaway here is that mobile money is still a massive problem, but opportunity in Africa. And maybe an app-based solution is the answer we've been waiting for. It's also really fun to see a company go up something like telecom led money, because I feel like that's something you look to integrate with instead of compete with. And so whenever a startup surprises me with ambition, I know they're doing something right, which is actually a perfect segue into the second startup I'm talking about, which wants to take on Instagram casually. Glass, as T.C. Amanda Silberling pointed out, is kind of a response to photographers' needs today. Instagram recently announced that it's no longer just a square photo sharing app. It's integrated shopping. It's doing a lot of stuff with e-commerce. Which means that photographers don't actually know where to go, and Glass may be the response. Here's what T.C.'s Amanda Silberling had to say. When you follow photographers in Glass, their photos will appear on a feed of images designed to minimize distractions. The photos take up the entire screen. You can only see who posted them if you drag to the right. And when you click on an image, you can see the caption, other information about how the photograph was shot. Now, I want to pay attention mostly to the last bit because that's kind of how Glass is setting itself apart from Instagram and Visco. It's offering XIF data, which as she describes in the story is kind of like candy for photography nerds. XIF data shows what camera a photographer use, as well as the photo's ISO, aperture, shutter speed, and focal length. As someone who got a B plus in photography in college, I do know how important this data is and how hard it is to pull off. And so imagine finding a photographer you really respect and being able to look behind the photo in a way. I love that perspective, and I'm always excited to see a startup going up against an incumbent with a fresh take and an opinion how to beat it. Or should I say shatter it? (laughs) Sorry, I had to. (laughs) The waitlist is open for glass, and it's a really exciting yet in the beginning stage sort of startup. Okay, that is the show. Thank you so much for starting your week with me. It is always a pleasure. You can follow me on Twitter at nmask underscore. I also write a weekly newsletter called Startups Weekly, where I include a lot of my opinions on the past week's news. I also want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at EquityPod. I'm obviously biased, but if you have been procrastinating following us on Twitter, this might be the time because we've been doing a lot more experimentation on Twitter spaces. And I would love to see and shout you out there think breaking news with your favorite co-hosts and always a special guest or 10. That's all. Have a lovely Monday, everyone. You're the best.